uh, welcome to Below the Waterline from the iceberg, and I'm joined by two of the leading proponents of the measurement and evaluation of industry beyond tourism. I've got Jane Cunningham, uh, Director of Associations at Best Cities Global Alliance, and also with me, Genevieve Leclerc, who is founder and CEO of Meet for Impact. Welcome to you both. Thank you. You two have been so busy. Let me start with you, Jane. Tell me about the amazing work that you've been doing with ICA and Best Cities Global Alliance under the Incredible Impact Programme. Yeah, we love this programme. It's in year three now, uh, and here we are sitting at ICA. So tomorrow at half past ten, we've got our session. We've got two of the winners joining us to be sharing their outcomes and why they were awarded the grants, which will only help develop what they've already done even further or help them start new initiatives. Now, the reason Best Cities is so excited to be part of this is we're, we're an alliance of Convention Bureau and Convention Bureaus should be the door opener to helping associations achieving their end goal and their impact, not only for them as a mission for their association, but how can that meeting there, coming to those destinations, help to change the communities that we're all living in? So Best Cities has really embraced this opportunity and now we're gathering more and more stories. This year, there were 26 submissions majority from medical associations but actually more and more are coming from non-medical and those stories we desperately want to share as well. So this is a call out to all destinations around the world and international associations if you're doing something that's the beyond the tourism, beyond the conference walls that's having an impact, share your stories and if nothing else you have the opportunity of maybe winning a grant of 7,500 US dollars <laughs> to go towards even more. <laughs> activities. <laughs> well this is this is the perfect marriage of of destination meets association because Genevieve uh, your program has really taken off because you're working much more with the associations than the destinations. Tell me about the program that you've set up. Well we actually um, we work with both James um, and we don't look at associations and destinations we look at partners in the industry. And we approach destinations and associations as the prime collaborators to generate impact. Um, so Meet for Impact was raised out of a personal interest, which was originally just researching, reading the wonderful case studies that uh, Incredible Impacts and the Iceberg and Border Magazine were, were publishing, just being super inspired by them, but wanting to understand how this could be done again. How could it be replicated? How could it be scaled? And how could, be, how could it be amplified to the whole industry? Um, and this has led me to form a new organization, which is a not-for-profit organization because we're really a purpose organization. Um, and our mission is really to just empower the whole industry to generate social impact through the business events, to be able to report it, to be able to communicate it. We don't have small dreams, we've got big dreams. We want to transform the way the industry is measuring success. We no longer want to measure success in visitors and nights and dollars. We want to measure success in the way, in the way that we are creating value. How much social value is the business events industry creating for society? And that's our main purpose and that's what, what drives us. So are you, do you see your role as creating the framework for others to to colour in? Absolutely. Um, while others are doing wonderful work in capturing the stories and writing the stories and broadcasting the stories, we figured that we, where we could contribute was to take 
from these stories, the elements that could be replicated, and build a framework around it so that other associations that work with destinations and want to create incredible impacts in their communities and in their associations can then have a framework to follow. Some kind of systematic process where we would take insights and learnings from the existing case studies and do a tool and a set of methodologies that others could use to scale their own impact. So that's what we've set out to do is really bring the industry from theory to action and then support that change and accompany that change. And both of you are driving value capture below the waterline. You're very much into the mission of the organization that is holding the meeting and then trying to capture the value potentially over time that then relates to that mission in the first place. Why is this so important for our industry, Jane? Well, I think it's important for the industry and important for the destinations because the destinations are realising that if there are gaps, if there are areas where a destination needs to develop, then bringing in these association conferences and bringing all these experts from all around the world, connecting them in the right ways, creating the partnerships that can then have success stories in the destinations. And our cities are working very much more on a solution-focused model with our associations. The first question should be, what is your future perfect? And how do we get there? And how can we, how can we be the door opener? How can we connect you with the young stars? How can we connect you to the people that you don't know in the destination? So that all these people aren't just coming to the destination and meeting, the meeting is very valuable, but how can we create these partnerships that drive positive change in the ecosystems that, uh, that we're all living in. You're very fortunate because you're the members of the Best Cities Global Alliance um, are working much closer with many government agencies and, and positioning the industry as a tool for achieving their social and economic transformation objectives. Not every convention bureau enjoys such luxury or proximity to policy. So why do you think that there is such a challenge to get away from the tip of the iceberg, to get away from positioning our industry simply as a consumer of, of supply chain services? Because I think in so many destinations, the, the KPIs, the key performance indicators, are, are all around the tourist spend. And until we move away from that and actually realise that that just happens to be a product of this meeting, then it's going to be very hard for destinations to actually um, to, to move away from being seen as a tourist product. It's not to say that's bad, because of course the economic um, value of that is, is, is very important, but we need these stories. And I love what the Joint Meetings Industry Council are doing with their global ambassadors. It's trying to get as many people as possible to start this ripple effect of telling these stories to your governments, having the being able to measure, as Genevieve is talking about, being able to show that if this conference comes to our destination, this is what the positive change will be as a result, and this is why we need to work together to bring this, and working very closely by bringing quite a cross-sectoral um, stakeholder community to be able to, to really make, make a difference. There has been um, an enormous shift, James, I think we've all seen it, in the way that destinations perceive themselves, destination management organizations perceive themselves, and how the rest of the world perceive them. Um, I think the uh, Destination Next study that just came out in August uh, really consecrated that change. It demonstrated that the move to destination stewardship 
and community building was the foremost priority for destination management organizations. And we're finding ourselves in the situations where not a lot of them are comfortable in that role yet. Um, they are being asked now to become brokers of relationships, brokers of partnerships. And they have a much greater role to play before the event in the partnership building that Jane has talked about, but after the event as well, because the destination is the one that connecting the association and the local community, they're also the boots on the ground. And we know that associations, when they leave a destination, the next day after the Congress is, is finished, they have to start focusing on the next year's Congress right away. There's no time for them to pause. And they will not have the bandwidth and the resources to continue monitoring the change that they've initiated in the destinations. So someone needs to step in and take that role and broker those relationships with some actors that will be able to monitor that and be that steward of change for the association and report back on it. And I think the purpose of that is really to be able to understand and communicate the true value that business events bring to society. We're an incredibly rich industry. We create a lot of economic impacts, but we also touch a lot of people. We employ millions of people. We have hundreds of millions of people attending business events every year. We're not leveraging that access to people properly. So how do we use that $1.5 trillion of economic impact that we can have? How do we use those hundreds of thousands of people that come to events every year and really leverage the tool that we have, which is a business event, as a Trojan horse to create social value for our community? Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, I go back to an amazing piece of work that was done by Sydney um, in one of the case studies that the Joint Meetings Industry Council um, published uh, two years ago now. Um, it was called Catalyst for Thriving Economies. And interestingly, one of the sessions that I attended here at the ICA Congress in Houston was um, talking about talent acquisition. And this study illustrated that Sydney had attracted um, 300,000 delegates from within sectors that were priorities for government and they'd identified that 40% of them would consider moving, working, living in Sydney to enrich the talent pool they're in and that 7% had actually already applied but New South Wales itself hadn't done anything about it and it suddenly realised that there's this golden opportunity that this industry is bringing in the future, in the next 10 years, 500,000 talented individuals that could support the innovation ecosystem that is being developed in Sydney with the new city. And the US are waking up to this because they've suddenly realised they've got a massive skill shortage in certain areas of health or within the economy and the economic development agencies are now starting to wake up to the potential of this industry as a gateway to uh, filling that, um, that skills gap. So our industry is so multifaceted. It, yeah. it, it's knowledge, it's investment, it's talent, which actually enables you to transition to the knowledge economy. And that's why I think we're really starting to gain traction beyond the, the Department of Tourism. And I would say another example of that um, is New Zealand. New Zealand is a very small, fairly isolated country. They have an incredible shortage of talent. Uh, they will need thousands and thousands of workers in the tourism and business events sector alone in the next 10 years. 
and they need that talent to come elsewhere. But New Zealand has done a wonderful job as really understanding and trying to convey that these visitors coming to their country are not just consuming, but they're, they're giving in as much as they're taking from. And the whole tourism strategy and business event strategy now is being rewritten under the tagline, Enrich New Zealand for New Zealanders. And every business event that's going to be coming into the country is going to be assessed based on how can that business event contribute to our, not only economy, but our the regeneration of our environment and the resilience and the safety and the thriving of our communities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and hence, hence the incredible impact. Hence the uh, meet for impact frameworks are actually providing us with the content that we need to take to government to accelerate that transformation of understanding of our industry. What sort of reaction have you had to um, the incredible impact program? From associations? No, from, from well, from associations yeah. themselves, because I'm sure that they're beginning to realise there are benefits to them. Yes. Um, but also from within the industry itself. Yeah, the industry itself. I mean, it's been wonderful to have the opportunity to do these campfires over the past few days because I'm now seeing how much interest there is. And although I work for an alliance of, of developed forward-thinking destinations, any destination can be doing this. And this is what's so wonderful. There are opportunities everywhere for smaller destinations, for emerging destinations. Any destination that, I suppose, has... A university has talent, they, they, they must start working in this way and it's a completely different conversation. Convention bureaus used to be about salespeople, now you need business people that sell basically and it's, and it's all about the understanding and people are desperate for the knowledge. So these campfires, there's been lots of people coming along, hearing from the associations, hearing from stories that have happened because in so many cases, even for destinations that are completely different, there are still opportunities of learning from what different destinations have done or connecting associations in completely different fields as well but there are so many transferable uh, processes or um, skills that they've used to be able to create these impacts. So I can't stress enough the importance of, of telling the story and connecting and speaking. It's wonderful that we have all these case studies that we've got and we've got all this information but I think it's trying to create these opportunities where people can talk and learn from one another. Yeah. We've started within Best Cities to, to, to do some webinars and um, to work on knowledge transfer from one destination to the next so that we can say to our clients, okay, you've now finished your conference in Madrid, now we'd love to do a webinar together with you so that we can get all this learning and then we can try and see what we can do in the next destination that you go to. So there is so much knowledge out there, so, so many great stories and it's just trying to use them in the right way so that others are benefiting from it. Well, as you can tell, we are broadcasting from the Houston creche. Um, but <laughs> tell, me, tell me about the um, concern that uh, you came across, Genevieve, uh, which was um, conference shaming. Yeah, um, so as you probably, your listeners have heard of flight shaming, um, which is um, being started in Northern Europe now pretty much across the world. Um, and flights linked to conference uh, have been raised and there's this new notion of conference shaming that has arisen. Um, so we have presidents of associations, we have people that are traveling for, from, for business conference that are suddenly being looked at by their peers 
with a big frown on their face, thinking, well, why do you need to fly halfway across the world to attend this conference when you could just plug into a webinar, right? Or an online live cast. So that's a real threat. And this is linked to very real worries about climate change, which our industry needs to be concerned about because we are contributing to a large carbon footprint. However, we haven't been able to tell properly the story of the positive value that was created by our industry. So we've been in risk management mode for about 15 years where we do risk mitigation strategies around sustainability and we try to limit our footprint, which we should do and I think more and more initiatives around limiting our footprint is going, are going to arise. But we haven't really talked about our handprint, which is a concept that is really very visual for me, but really talks about the positive social impact that we are shaping and how, how with our hands and with our minds we can create positive value. Um, I think impact then becomes a risk mitigation strategy because we are learning to tell the right stories and while we're while we're doing good by trying to mitigate how much harm we're doing to the planet we are also using our tools which is a face-to-face meeting which is the value of you and i coming here and the spark and the creativity and the innovation and the knowledge that's going to arise out of that and every single innovation every single invention in the world has started with two people sharing innovation um, so i think it's it's a very important strategy to look at how we're going to go forward as an industry is to be talking about impact not only as a risk mitigate risk mitigation strategy but impact and and jane talked about this impact is a driver for collaboration impact as a tool for dialogue with our different communities with our citizens and even destinations now are reshaping their brand so impact becomes a building block of new brand strategies. And I've seen it in destinations that are now having to completely redefine who they are and what they offer to their clients. And impact becomes one of the, those core concepts that they're working on. So in, impact is a powerful driver for innovation and in, in, in the creation of value going forward. Can you give me some examples of some of those destinations who are having to reinvent their offer? I think New Zealand was, uh, was a great example of that. Uh, they're an emerging destination. They cannot compete to with other destinations on some factors. Um, they are fairly far. Um, they will attract uh, conferences that are very specific in certain sectors. But their brand is so strong, and I'm sure we've seen some of their, their material, right? Their brand is so strong. They are so connected to their identity. They're so connected to the spirituality of their Maori communities. They're so committed to sustainability that impact becomes a very large driver for them. It's everything they do is to benefit the country. We're now working with other destinations who have a bit of a reverse problem. They're facing over-tourism um, issues and a lot of destinations are now having to re-establish a dialogue with, the, with their citizens, which is not there presently. And they are using impact as a tool for that dialogue because they need to be conveying to their citizens the positive contributions of that tourism and those business events. And I'm sure you have some examples as well. Yeah, I think what, what, is, what I'm seeing and what's happening in some of the best cities destinations is that they're also tying it in with the SDGs. And I think, you know, so many people are now very aware of the UN's um, sustainability, <laughs> sustainable development goals. 
and it, it's a clear picture, you've got 17 of them, they, you can pretty much put every impactful activity that comes under, when I look through all the incredible impacts over the years, under one of those goals, or a few of those goals. Um, Best Cities and Gaining Edge did a study last year about accessibility and inclusion in our industry. And the reason we did that with Rehabilitation International is we saw that actually accessibility features in around 14 of the 17 goals. Bogota stands out as one that's doing really well with that because they have basically come up with a toolbox. They make it so easy for associations to say, if you come to our city and if you do something like have a, you know, dancing is in their DNA there. If you do something like start the conference with everyone doing a dance, this contributes towards boom, 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 three of the goals for whatever reason, whether it's education or, and if you, if you buy certain snacks um, for your conference, then that goes towards feeding children. You know, there, there's some sure. wonderful initiatives. And when the destination puts that forward, it's very, it makes it very easy for the associations. They're like, of course we should be doing that. Of course we should be having sustainable bags that are, are giving jobs to the right people. You know, it's and, it, and it's wonderful to see that and I'm seeing this starting a lot more. And destinations need to come up with these toolkits that helps the destination, but makes it easy for the association. But the focus I think probably does have to be very much on the outcomes relating to the mission as opposed to what I view as best practice, yeah. because there is no justification for the flight mm -hmm. um, for any form of food waste. And you're only going to be mitigating, you won't actually be um, eliminating any of those um, uh, negatives unless you can justify the outcome of the meeting. And if we don't get below the waterline, then I'm afraid we are very much under threat. James, one of the things that we say about impact, I think, is the same thing that was said about sustainability. We, ne we need to get it out of the supply chain and the business models and into the boardrooms and into the core purpose of the organizations. And it's escalating that value pyramid to making sure that impact becomes a way to be for organizations. It becomes their core purpose is to drive positive change. And I think that's what we're both working towards. That's the, that's the long-term goal. Absolutely, but we haven't got long to do it, so we must, we must crack on. So ladies, thank you very much for that. I'm gonna to toss a coin here, whoever, calls this. Um, Jane, I'll give you the, um, the privilege. Heads or tails? Heads. It's tails. Genevieve, you get the, uh, the joy of selecting the outro music track of choice from below the waterline. What is it? So I will propose a track that I've listened to a lot when I was driving, when I was um, building Meet for Impact actually. Um, I built Meet for Impact over time, but uh, some of it was done in the cabin, in the woods, in the middle of winter, very Canadian setting. Um, and there's a wonderful Quebecois artist who's becoming a world-renowned pianist. Her name is called Alexandra Strelinsky. So I'm going to propose that we end this with a Strelinsky track. Marvellous. Well, ladies, thank you very much. Keep up the brilliant work that you're doing. We're looking forward to capturing it and sharing it and curating it with the rest of industry. But without your support and the work that you're doing, we really couldn't continue. So thank you both very much. Thank you very much.